You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go. All right, folks. We're back. Drink and think with Dak and Dave. We are on, you know, week number whatever. Um, yep. Actually, I think we've been doing this for almost uh, like almost half of a year, like almost six months. So been good. Yeah, that's, it. it's kind of a wild stat. Yeah, crazy. Anyways, if you're just joining us, so Drink and Think with Dak and Dave, this is all about beer, life and sports. Uh, we talk about a lot of beer uh, or excuse me, we talk about a lot of life and sports. We drink a lot of sports, beer. And then we drink a lot of beer, which clearly I've gotten started on that already. And then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we just have a lot of fun, two buddies hanging out, sitting around, just talking about whatever pops in our head. Yep, and uh, I don't know, today's been one of those days, dude, like, um, you know, we record usually midweek one night, and today's just, I don't know, it's, you know, you do a full day of work, and this this week's a little off my normal schedule, because I'm off this weekend, I'm taking, I'm actually taking off Thursday, Friday, and going to DC to play congressional. I got corrected. It's not the congressional. It's congressional. I was like, oh, it's it needs the, the article, the congressional. Yeah, I feel but like that the that, is important. Yeah, I'm like, without the, I'm just going to hang out with a dude that's a cog. I'm going to play congressional. I don't know, but we're going to DC, and I've got three rounds booked on a top 100 golf course in the country i may shoot a freaking 200 i don't know i don't i've been promised that this is going to live up to like pebble standard golf courses and that this fairway is better than most greens in the country which i have no doubt at least the courses i play around here which are usually pretty ass but my day has been very busy normal busy work day came home built a bridge project with my kid for school and you know dads don't half-ass that that's like dad rules you know you got to have the coolest bridge on the block and so we we were hot gluing my kid did all the hot glue i got burned fingers and then you know had to pack for this trip and now i'm here with your dumb ass it's been a day it's been a day yeah i mean obviously whenever your kid has a school project Especially if it revolves around something that's a little bit more on the, uh, shall we say, manly side of things. Maybe not the coloring books, maybe not the art project, but certainly when you're talking about like building a, a catapult or building a bridge, like you feel like you have to, if your kid fails at that task, the everyone's assumption is, is that you are a beta back bitch. Yeah. Well, we built the rainbow bridge that connects United States to Canada, which is um, where my kid was born in that general region. And we did it right. But now we're here and 
all the family's asleep and we're here drinking beer and I'm pumped. We got a lot of football ahead of us. So let's get going. All right. Um, so let's start, I guess we can start with, uh, probably one of the bigger stories in you got to. You uh, got sports to. this week is, yeah. uh, Bama finally goes down. Um, had a couple close calls prior to, and finally get, uh, Tennessee gets it done. We were actually together, um, this weekend. We missed a lot of football because we were doing dad things and we were at an aquarium, but we did get to see the end of, we had two TVs up and, you know, we may or may not have been walking through the aquarium, checking the Arkansas game and the Alabama Tennessee game back and forth. Um, but we got to watch the ending and, oh, it was, it was glorious to see Bama fall. We, I immediately threw up a post and was like, Hey, should, Tennessee be number one in the country. We knew that it wasn't going to happen, but I think there's an argument to be made there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen. Say, yeah, you could say that, yes, because you beat the number two team and you're undefeated, you should go to number one. I'm on the side of Georgia here, and if you're Georgia and you've basically handled everything except for middle – Missouri. No, it was Kent State, except for Kent State and you basically handled everything pretty well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Georgia being on number one. Yeah, so they're three right now. I don't know. I, if I was a Tennessee fan, which I am very far from that, I would be pissed about it. Um, but I did see a, a thing that was like, could you imagine a each of the CFP teams being SEC teams with Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and Ole Miss all being one-loss teams? That would be a um, – It also will never happen, but yeah, could definitely – those numbers could turn out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <clears throat> especially and, you know, when you have the schedules like you, you typically see. Um, and how much does this – you know, provided that everything stays the same for the next two weeks, I mean, November 5th is Tennessee going to Georgia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to, yeah, that's going to set the tail for the East for the rest of the season there. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was a good game. <clears throat> Tennessee got charged a hundred thousand dollars. This is okay. This is something I, I pissed me off. The the SEC fined Tennessee, the university of Tennessee, a hundred thousand dollars for their fans ripping down the goalpost. How the hell are you supposed to stop that? Yeah. It, this is always like, what's the point? You know, every time a, so every time a, a fan base rushes the field. It's it's an NCAA violation and they get charged, which just makes the NCAA and whatever conference look like the old fat white guys that are just sitting, all right, a kid shouldn't be doing that. You get know, off this my is like field. golf. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> it's just, it, it's really, and I, I guess their whole point is if you don't do something about it, then you're condoning it. But like it, you know, at this point, it's almost like a badge of honor for the schools because really, I know that last year when AM beat Alabama, all the boosters, but by the end of the night, that Saturday night, all of the boosters had already raised enough money and for the school to pay the fine. 
Tennessee has a GoFundMe right now, and they're raising towards that $100,000 goal. So good for them. I, I mean, like if I was a Tennessee fan and that happened, like, I, hey, hey, here's my $5 contribution. That's all you get. But, hey, I'm pledging my loyalty to the school in our actions. But, yeah, I mean, it was a hell of a game. Um, I mean, Alabama's not done, and Tennessee no. looks really good. So a lot of football left out there. Yeah, uh, Alabama, they got to be careful, though. Um, they're going home, obviously super disappointed. Going home against a, you know, against Mississippi State, who um, can throw the ball around. Will Rogers is the leading pass passer in the SEC. Uh, Bama favored by 21 right now at home on that, that game, and uh, that seems a little high to me. I agree. I mean – I watched I watched Will Rogers and Mike Leach firsthand against Arkansas, and <clears throat> the dude can sling it. And I mean, that's that is a scary combination when you put a talented arm with a talented offensive mind. And yeah, that's that's not all to describe Mike Leach's mind, but talented offensive yeah. mind is is a few words to say about him. But yeah, dude, I I don't. I did not realize it was 21, and I don't think it should be 21. Um, I mean, obviously, that's a very Nick Saban thing, right? We're going to bounce back, and we're going to play our best football. But they're right. not the Alabama team. And we've talked every week, it feels like, like we rely on past performance on future prediction. You have to, at some point, go, okay, well, this team is not as good as we thought they were. And Mississippi State has played well. I, I do not like 21 at all, I'll probably put some money on that for sure, especially when you back a team into a, a corner and you have to score points to close that gap and you have an arm like Will Rogers, that's the guy that gets it done. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, again, like we've said all, all year so far, uh, so Alabama Gibbs is a phenomenal, phenomenal runner, but passing attack, you know, there's no standout wide receiver. There's nobody that – if they catch the ball, they're gone. And so, you know, will Mississippi State be able to hold up? We'll see. What else stood out to you last week in college football? I feel like only a few days has gone by since Saturday. And it's like, man, that's like an eternity ago. I can't even remember the slate because we we watch and we talk about so much football. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, – so, you know, one thing that we – talked about so you know kudos to the Dak and Dave podcast and if you're thinking why should I stick around with these clowns um we're not complete idiots all the time so we I'll just run down I will yeah all the time let me just run down some of our predictions that we said uh just in the top 25 okay TCU and Okie State uh, you were on Okie State. I was on TCU. That went to overtime. But I think we both said that that was going to be um, inside the spread. Hey, if we if we just always pick against each other, one of us will be right and we'll look smarter. Let's We should still be doing that. There you go. Playing chess, not checkers. Uh, <laughs> we called USC being overrated and fading USC. Look at that. They dropped one to Utah. Utah comes back and gets it done. That was a hell of a game, by the way. Yeah, I mean, golly, 95 or 85 points. Uh, obviously, we called Tennessee and going with Tennessee. We called Syracuse beating NC State. Tough to play up there in the Dome. And Michigan blowing the doors off of Penn State. 
we said, we'll figure out which one's going to be the good one because it's not going to be close one way or the other. Lo and behold, it wasn't. And then Iowa State keeping it close against Texas. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned USC Utah. And I want to to ask you a um a, like a rule thing. Like our, I guess our uh diving deep for this week. Mm. There was only oh shoot, I don't remember. It's like 14 seconds on the clock. Don't quote me on the numbers, but Utah. USC, they're pushing the ball down the field. There was a defensive pass interference call with like 14 seconds left on the clock. But there was an interception. The clock kept running on that play call, right? So dude, the defender intercepted the ball. He's running around. Clock's ticking. It ended up burning a play, two plays, who the hell knows how many plays potentially off the clock with six, seven, eight seconds burning down. The play eventually stops. They call pass interference. The offense gets the ball back. The clock does not reset there. I think, personally, this is a stupid rule. And if I were the dude who intercepted that and I had the wherewithal to go, that is DPI, I'm going to run circles and just burn time off the clock, knowing that they're not getting that back. I think that that should be a reviewable play. They should go back and go, because the, the DPI happened at this point, that's where we're resetting the clock. Does that make any sense? You see what I'm saying? Because. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Um, I'm on the side here of that's just a heads up play by a defender knowing, like you said, that, oh, that's coming back. I saw the flag out of the corner of my eye, whatever. Let me just run a couple seconds off. I mean, that I'm on the side of, I think it should stay a running clock. I can see the point where, hey, if it's inside of two minutes or wherever, whenever the foul is committed by the defense or whatever, right. the clock stops. But I, I, I know I've, it's, it gets so fluid at that point in time. You'd almost have to review, like, you'd have to review a lot of different plays. I, I, I'm, I'm almost better here just saying, hey, if the defender, wants to run back into the end zone and just run out of the back of the end zone and take a safety, but it's the end of the game, then just do that. So, I, you know, I'm usually in the camp of let the boys play, like less review, less referees, less interfering is better for the game. But the dude would not have intercepted it if there wasn't a pass interference call. So that never would have happened if it wasn't a foul in the first place. I don't know. I, th I think that they need to look at that. Um, but I, I definitely thought it was interesting. And then obviously it, it, you know, changed the game potentially. So, yeah, especially in college football, where as soon as you go down the play, the clock stops, um, cause you don't even have to be touched. You know, maybe if you're a smart defensive coordinator out there and you're like, Hey, we picked the ball off, but it's an obvious pass interference and it's close to the end of the half end of the, uh, game. Hey, you just run that thing. Go to the other side of the field. Yeah, dude. Circles like cartwheels. Just avoid and evade. Like because at the end of the time and the end of the game, or at the end of the call, you could get he could run all the way to back to his end zone, get tackled on his one, and it's only going to be a fifteen yard penalty. So it's not. It's not like the ball is going to get spotted on the one. Or in this case, he goes back to his one to his end zone. 
out of his end zone, does a front flip. Doesn't matter. The offense got the ball back on where they started the play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I think they should uh, well, take a look at it. I, I, I agree. That's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm on the, I'm on the defense here, but I have another. Uh, so switching to the NFL. Uh, let's talk about some things that surprised us or reactions to the NFL this week. Normally we spend 95% of our time talking college football. I'm, I'm happy to switch to NFL so early in the night. Um, I mean, I think if we're going to go straight to the big games, I think you have to talk about the chiefs bills. Let's go. And the bills pulling out. Um, what a great game. First off, Second off, these two teams will likely see each other again. I hope so. Um, the the talent in the quarterback position between these two teams is unreal. Um, Mahomes did, you know, something Mahomes doesn't normally do and threw a pick at the end of the game. But what you don't see in college and what you see with these two teams, I mean, you saw it last year and you saw it again Sunday afternoon. Um, how many yards did they cover with such a short clock? I mean, going into the end of the first half, there was, you know, under a minute on the clock. The Bills rushed the whole field. And then at the end of the game, like, they both went back and forth and back and forth. I mean, the ability to cover yards in, like, a two-minute offense, or it, it's unreal. Yeah, and I think this is the first time within this rivalry that we've seen not instead of the Chiefs, I think the Bills – have more offensive weapons than the Chiefs do. You know, obviously with Tyreek leaving, that was who they went to. You had Sammy Watkins. I mean, Juju. they still have, yeah, they still have, the Chiefs still have plenty of offensive weapons. But when you look over at the Bills, you look at Diggs, you look at Gabe Davis, you look at even Dawson Knox a, got a touchdown. Dawson Knox, you look at even a good running game. Obviously, Kelsey's over on the Chiefs. I think within as far as how teams can play them, you have a dominant number one, obviously, that's out of this world, a really good number two on the Bills. And I don't think you have that with the Chiefs uh, as much. So I think this is the first time the Bills have had maybe an edge there and they took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing Gabe Davis score as many touchdowns in the last couple of weeks and getting as many touches as Stefan Diggs. Like, I mean, he is – he is not a secondary receiver at this point. Like, I mean, he, right. and he had a blowout game last year against the, the chiefs, but I mean, back-to-back weeks, pretty much all season. Like he has been a stud. He had that injury there, but he is catching phenomenal um, balls from uh, Josh Allen. And I mean, like you said, yeah, I mean, across the offensive side and their defense is no slack too. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that, that's another good point defense wise. And uh, um you know, the Bills probably have an, an edge there as well. Um, I like, I'm going to go. go oh, ahead. I was going to say, I, I love watching, and I think it was a great acquisition. I love watching your boy from Texas A&M in the backfield. He's a freak, dude, and he is fun to watch. He, I like him as a player. I like his mentality, and he is hungry for a sack, man, and it is, it is really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Von Miller is – just a super interesting person. Uh, if you've listened to him, he's a super humble guy. Like he has like a chicken farm. He has like his own 
like chicken production uh, factory in Texas. So about like about how to take like free range chicken and to use it as protein. And it's uh, really funny. He's just kind of this eccentric kind of dude, loves to hunt and all this kind of stuff. Not what you would necessarily expect, but uh, he's just some good old country folk. And uh, yeah, love me some Von Miller. And I mean, talk about he goes from the Rams, wins the Super Bowl with the Rams, gets traded away, uh, which was a surprise to him. And he kind of do it, making the best of it. So I will uh, take your NFL and I'll go on the other side. So uh, Cooper Rush, uh, who had done really well for the Cowboys as a backup, uh, finally showing us what we expected he would do from the beginning, right? Throwing behind the receiver, bad interceptions, uh, the stage just really overcoming him. But uh, something that I want to throw over to you is, is this in the end really a good thing for the Cowboys because it avoids the quarterback controversy? I completely agree. And and yes, I think so. I I will say I wish if I were to read all of the messages that you were talking shit about Cooper Rush as the Cowboys were playing, like it would take the rest of the episode. You were hot. Yeah. You were not happy with Cooper Rush and um, you know, give credit to the the dirty birds or the Eagles played a, a good game and they are, you know, potentially the truth there. Yes. I, I think this is good for Dallas. This is good for Jerry. You and I said all along, like this is a very strategic moment for the Cowboys because you don't want to stop the hot hand and it kind of fizzled out on its own. If Dak would have come in and played against the Eagles, the very same outcome could have happened. You know, there was some, there was some defensive issues that you had not seen on the Cowboys thus far. Right. They didn't look as good as they have the rest of the season. Um, And so if Dak would have come in and still lost, like, yes, that would have been a predicament. Like, oh, well, Cooper Rush is the guy. And why did we bring Dak back? At the end of the day, you're paying Dak the money and he he probably is the better quarterback. And yeah, so it it just kind of naturally happened and, and they avoided a lot of controversy there. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, uh, you know, Cowboys only give up six points in the second half, uh, which is, you know, defense kind of stood up there. But yeah, they're the Eagles defense or Eagles offense is the truth. I mean, that thing is just it's very dynamic. I would almost put it on the same level as the Chiefs, just maybe without a, a true number one like Kelsey. Uh, so but they but, have a running game, you know? Yeah. And, and you have to respect it because you can give it to the running back in the backfield, but then you also have Jalen Hurts who can move the ball. He's got an arm. He's got legs. I, I agree. They, they look good. Every week they've looked good. I'll tell you what doesn't look good, and that is primetime games. Yeah. So I went back, did a little research, did a little homework for this. Primetime games. Why are primetime games in the NFL so freaking bad because you can't flex them as much like it's it's really i mean it seems like every single night other than other than the you know the cowboys and obviously the cowboys and the eagles uh cowboys and giants really it's the nfc east that saved the primetime games because let me let, let me give you some stats. Which so is weird, Dodo. Just is weird to say. 
It is. That statement in itself, the NFC East has saved the day. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because typically the NFC least, you got one standout team. Everybody else sucks. Did you say the NFC least? Yeah. I like it. Thursday night football. Let me give you some stats. Thursday night football. Cumulative ranks record. 35 wins, 36 losses. So they're under 500 for the teams that have played on Thursday night football so far. They're under 500. The last team, the last week on Thursday night football where both teams were above 500 was week two. Let's go to Sunday night football. They're doing a little bit better. They're 40 and 32, but the last team, the last time that, that both teams were above 500 was week one. Then Monday Night Football, 39 and 31. Last week where both teams were above 100 was week three. Yeah, and they're, I, uh, I don't know what this says about the NFL. Is it because the NFL, there's not a whole lot of, you know, it's it's kind of a, a mix of not great teams out there or what's going on? Well, I would say this. It would be one thing to look at those records and go, okay, well, this is just a battle, right? But – we're seeing nine to six games, 12 to 15. Like it's, it's not like we're, we're not doing well because everyone is so damn good. It's like, this is the battle for who can survive and who has the better field goal unit, you know, because it's like the offense is atrocious and they're just, and it's not even like the defense is that great. It's like just mental mistakes. This is not, what you would typically see of an NFL highlight game. Denver Broncos had 159 yards of penalties last night. 159 yards. That's a lot. They're averaging 15 points a game as well. Yeah. They've only scored, which for the drink and think betters out there, uh, a great, great pickup is the – is the under team points for the Broncos. They have only scored over 20 points this year once. And they scored 23. Yep. So if that if that total team total is hovering around 19, somewhere under 20, go ahead and take that team total under. You're right though. The Broncos look rough. And you know, I mean it's Russ coming in. I, I really do. I really like Russell Wilson. I think he is a good dude. And typically like that's all that matters to me. If you're a good dude, man, like I'll forgive a lot of stuff. But you couple that with their coach. And then, like you said, 159 yards and penalties. That's unacceptable. That's a that's a field and a half of penalties. You're going to lose every time. Like that is not good football. Yeah. And it it just it just continues, right? It's like, you know, it's not only is it the fact that yes. You know, the, the Broncos are doing so poorly, but the Broncos will be on primetime six times this season. Six Again, times. Back, back to my comment of you can't flex them. Everyone thought the Broncos were going to be the truth. It was all hype. Russ is coming in. Let's ride. Okay. Hey, boy, schedule these guys up. They are going to be primetime games and it's going to be a right. Whoop. That, yeah. that flopped. That shit to bed. Now we're stuck with it. Yeah, and now yeah. Jeff Bezos. The let's ride. Like, let's ride hell? is riding like a '62 Pinto that had fucking ten years of hail damage, and that some bitch has been sitting in somebody's front yard for the last ten years. 
last leg. All right. Well, All right. let's talk about some future football. But first, what are you drinking tonight? Better be good. Okay. Yeah. I saw so, you just turn one up. Yeah. I'm, you know. We drink a. We drink a. That looks like a Boulevard, isn't it? It is. We drink a. Uh, a lot of beer. Wait, what day? Oh, Saturday. Yeah. Last Saturday, we drank a lot of beer. Hey, let me tell you, we went to the aquarium in Springfield, Missouri. It was a part of the Bass Pro Shop conglomerate there. Let me tell you, these folks have got it down. Not only can you, you know, strategically when you walk out, like there's there's a bass boat sitting there calling your name. They've got everything you could ever want, but they had a phenomenal aquarium right there was like yeah they spared no expense there but not only did they have like cool live interaction like you could swim with the damn sharks they had a bar set up about every 200 yards just enough time for when you finished one beer you're like well shit dave let's grab another so you're like damn this the where's nemo's ass you're just you're just putting deep beers down kids are having a blast we spent five and a half hours in there and i was like man we're done dang i mean it was it was awesome but yeah we put some beers away this weekend it was fun yeah yeah that's uh it's america ingenuity at its finest it's like what is another way that we can squeeze a little bit more cash out of this puppy let's throw a bar in here the the wives were having uh they had big old like fishbowl uh margaritas, margaritas. going on yeah uh, we were having a lot of fun. All right. Not to mention the aquarium, but also the beer that I'm drinking is also from Missouri. So uh, Boulevard Brewing Company, I know I've put them on here a couple of times. Uh, probably my last time, just because I've drank most of their stuff, but I've got their Oktoberfest. We are in the middle of October, the loins, if you will, of October. It was 24 degrees this morning. Little chilly, little chilly. Hope that's not to signal the future. But anyways, uh, Boulevard, we got Bob's 47. I don't know if Bob is 47, if Bob made this in 1947, or if it's from the future, alternate reality, Bob's in 2047. Either way, it's his Oktoberfest. Thanks, Bob. It's a pretty good Oktoberfest. Cheers. <laughs> I've never had that one before. <clears throat> it's all right. Like, I think I gave it like a three two five three five like it's a it's all right all right well i'm gonna bring you one that's better than just all right and that is uh from soul and spirits out of memphis tennessee you and i shared one on saturday may or may not have been out of the back of a vehicle because you know that's the kind of shit we do um, but this is Bring It Home, and this is also uh, brought to you by the the fatherland in Germany. But this is a, a Helles lager, and uh, yeah, a Helles is it's got to be top three beer for me. And uh, I thought this was, you know, this is not probably as quintessential as it could be, but this was a damn good beer. Like it was balanced little bit of hoppiness but also had like some some malty backbone brought out some ever so sweet kind of malt character um i thought this was like absolutely crisp hella good are you hella, saying it was hella good hella good 
And that's the second time that joke's been bad, but uh, what is much better is this beer. And we had four, you and I shared one each, and now I'm on my last one. So, um, but yeah, and you know, also uh, a good American Miller Lot as well has been going down. And then I got froggy the other day. I bought some Land Shark. I'm a big Land Shark blogger fan. Oh, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville Brewing Company. So, been kind of dabbling in some Land Shark this last week. It's always great for a good Taco Tuesday or you know mm. any kind of day that ends in Y. So, are you just like are you just like slamming Oktoberfest or you know have you? Because really, you've been on an Oktoberfest kick. Are you like searching yeah. them out or is it just like no. it's that time? It's that time of year and. Um, you know, and for those that don't know, so Dak was in the army, Dak and I've been in the military for about 10 years. Dak just recently left. I'm still in, I am in a very small post that's in Kansas or near Kansas city, which means you get some good beer, but it's a small post. So there is not a whole lot of selection. So old Dave has done his the Lord's work in the class six and we are down to uh, we are down to some scant few that I haven't already drank. So I'm not going to give a shout out to Mick ultra on the podcast. So uh, Mm. we're going to have to, we're going to have to spread our wings maybe a little bit. Um, Nope. Had a thing thing left. Oh, I was going to mention the Ryan Heitschkamot. I don't know if I'm saying that right now. Ranhachkabut. Ranhachkabut. It's the the imperial, like, um, German purity law about the beer we had talked about. Ah, we talked yes. about it a couple weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. It only have four um, ingredients. Like, yeah, like, you're on that. You're like, no, it's October. You only get four ingredients in your beer, and it's got to be brewed to, you know, the classic Oktoberfest. Do you, uh, yeah. you like... Uh, uh, Mars and beer too, don't you? Yeah, I like, I like, I mean, why wouldn't you like German beer? I mean, I'm certainly not opposed to, and we said, I think last week or the week before last, you know, my favorite beer is probably a hazy IPA. So I'm certainly not cold. opposed to that. But uh, I mean, just a classic, clean, you know, German beer, I'm never afraid of. So. All right. Well, what are you afraid of next week in football? Where are we putting our money? Who are we watching? I mean, there's a, there is, this slate is good. It's kind of a letdown coming yeah, off. Yeah, it's not the of, best, especially for college. Yeah. Coming off of last week, there are still some good games out there. Um, but I'm not, hmm, it, it's tough. This one's, this one's a tough one for me. So starting out, Syracuse at Clemson. So Syracuse coming down to Clemson. This one is a difficult uh, pick for me. So obviously you got Clemson that's, you know, they're, they're breaking in the top uh, four. Uh, They've maintained their, you know, their purity, if you will, within the schedule. So still undefeated taking 13 and a half over under 49. The question is, is who's overrated? Is Syracuse overrated? You know, they kind of squeaked out a win against Purdue, did a, had a good win at home against NC State. Is this a letdown spot traveling down to Clemson? My gut is this is a letdown spot for Syracuse. 
but Clemson hasn't been the dominant team that we remember. So I'm not sure. What are your feelings on this? No, I agree. I want Syracuse to go in there and, and upset them. I like Dino. I am, you know, we talked about how close we were to Cuse. Like you, you have some, some pull for him. You want him to do well, like Syracuse oranges everywhere around you in upstate New York. And I would love for them to go dominate. They did it a huge, huge upset when we, you and I lived in New York. Um, I agree is the question is, is Syracuse the truth or is Clemson overrated? And I think this will tell us one way or the other. And it's, yeah. it's hard to speculate because Syracuse is that team that could hundred percent look like they are crushing it and then just get the break speed off of them next weekend. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you a matchup. Go ahead. Sorry. No, historically Clemson's good, but they have just like Alabama, they have not looked like they are the Clemson of old or the, the Bama of old. I'll say this. The next matchup, I think, is a much better earning of your money, your hard-earned dollars, Drink and Think Nation. So UCLA at Oregon. Oregon here almost catching a touchdown at home. Over-under is approaching the holy number of 70. You're at 69 and a half. And this one, to me, seems a little bit odd. So we know Oregon's done well. Bo Nix has, you know, he's he can sling the ball around when he's not getting tackled all the time. Surprise, surprise. But here's the here's the difference for me. UCLA UCLA defense ranks in like the top forty in the country. Oregon defense ranks in number eighty three or lower in every single category, including getting down into the hundreds. The money is split across the board. Both teams are great against the spread. I think UCLA has got to be your play here. I, I agree. I think UCLA is on the up and up. And, I mean, they looked good against Utah, uh, and they played, you know, a, a historically good Washington team. Um, and then they've, you know, outside of maybe the South Alabama game where they were held to 32, 31 against South Alabama. Okay. That doesn't look good, Kelly, but other than that, they've played good football. And I, you know, we talked last week about them on the rise and, and we all, we have also kind of shit on Oregon pretty much all season. We're not huge Bo Nix fans and um, a nine, 10 game. I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're frauds by saying, like, this game is the game of the week that will tell the tale for the rest of their season. But, you know, I mean, like, it's hard when you you don't play anyone in the first half of your season and it's all speculation. So yeah. I think Utah is a good football team and UCLA beat them by 10 points. So I'm going to hang my hat there. I don't I don't have a lot of faith in Bo Nix to get things done when it gets tight. So I, I agree. I, I may even sprinkle a few dollars on the money line at UCLA. Yep. I like that play a lot. Um, moving on, Ole Miss at LSU. So this one is another peculiar one. You got an undefeated Ole Miss, cracked the top 10. Sitting as the dogs going to LSU in Death Valley, over under 66, LSU favored by a point and a half. Oh, that's because it's in Death Valley. 
I feel like, you know, a, a classic team will probably like, and I don't, I'm not a Vegas odds maker, you know, I have no idea what I'm saying right now, but if I were just like spitballing, you look at a team and you're like, all right, they're at home. I'm going to give them three just for being at home. Right. Like, right. I think that's standard. I yeah. feel like that's got to be more at Death Valley in Louisiana. Right. Like, because how hard that place is to play. Do you know what time that game is? That game, I believe it's two, it's a three thirty kick Eastern. Okay. Time. All right. So it's not right. a night game. Kick. All right. But it's an afternoon game in one of the harder places to play in the country. So they're giving them if, you know, maybe five points. Sure. Whatever. I think Ole Miss beats the dog shit out of LSU here. I'm going to put a good bit of money on Ole Miss here. I, I, I mean, I've said all season, I think Ole Miss is good. And they, like you said last week, they're okay being the underdog here. They're okay slipping by and getting wins. And, you know, they're in the top 10 still. Nobody's really talking about them. Yeah, this 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 line really puzzles me, right? Uh, now, on one hand, you got Ole Miss, three and four against the spread this year. They're not playing great against the spread. They're getting but it done, you, though. You have to think that Lane Kiffin, he's just going to take a picture of this and put it outside the locker room and say, you guys are 6-0. and And your dogs against a 4-2 and team that got – the dog shit beat out of them. That the only good win that they have is against a Florida team that everyone's pretty sure is phony. <laughs> so, so you got that going on. You, I can see that happening, which makes you want to take Ole Miss. On the other hand, I'm wondering, what am I missing? So the money's split on bets half and half. 70% of the dollars on LSU. So it looks like the sharp play is LSU. This one's this one's tough for me. I mean, I have, I mean, my heart says, like you said, Ole Miss will win this by at least two possessions. But I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know. I I like Ole Miss here. I'll put some money on old Old Miss to cover, but I like that over even at sixty six points. This is gonna be a shootout. Yeah, and um, you know it's one of those overs that you just play just because you want to you want to let it ride. Same thing with the same thing with the UCLA Oregon at sixty nine and a half. You just want to see a seventy point game. Let's put seven touchdowns on the board, boys. Yeah. Let's just let's just make it happen. You know, as soon as I said that this is going to be a shootout game, I was like, ah, shit, sixty six pretty high. This could be like one of those stupid freaking seventeen to twenty one games or something where it's just. I may retract my statement of betting the over here. I think this game will be close. Closer than what my heart tells me to bet with Ole Miss, but I think Ole Miss gets it done. I agree. I think that that's a smart play here. Um, I have not been playing well on college football recently. I've been playing uh, much better on the NFL. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, what is your bet of the week, sir? Let's just go there. All right. My bet of the week, I got two of them for you, and they're both in the NFL. Um, do, you, do you get to do that? I mean, sure. Uh, so I do, will do go. You, do you know what our record is, by the way? I don't. So I, I think we, we're doing pretty good. So first few weeks, we were sucking. Now we're coming back. Yeah, back-to-back we weeks that we both hit our bet of the week. Are we 500 um, then? 
yeah, I think we're sitting right right around 500. We'll get we'll give you a, we'll we'll do the math here, folks, and we'll give you the actual numbers next week, so you know who yeah. to listen to and who to shove off here. So, I think my bet of the week this week, and you know I don't bet on the Cowboys. In fact, oh yeah, Cowboys Cowboys broke my heart last week because old Dave put them in a parlay, big parlay. <laughs> For like a plus four thousand type long shot, of course they're my last leg. And if Hoyer, or not Hoyer, Moyer, Mayer, whatever the fuck his name is, if he hits that kick at the end of the game, Old Dave hits hits the spread and uh, makes a good bit of cash. Some bitch pushes it to the right. So, but I say that Cowboys catching a touchdown at home against Detroit coming off of a rough loss, a rough loss against the Eagles Dax back the running game. Ezekiel Elliott had a hell of a running game, which was something that we did not expect. You got to think against Detroit. That is absolutely, they got blanked last week. I granted they've been able to put up some points before that, I don't think they have. Jared Goff doesn't stand a fucking chance. That guy, he just might as well come out in the green jersey because he's have grass stains all over that son of a bitch. Feel like the Cowboys is a smart play here at, at catching a touchdown. I will only caveat that with this. If you don't like that, how about this? The Jets. That's right. J-E-T-S. You're on Jets. them. You're on them. The Jets. I've been riding the Jets all season. Haven't done me wrong yet. Jets are getting a point and a half at Denver. Yes, this is the same Denver Broncos that is absolute garbage that hasn't only scored over 20 points once this season. Jets going to mile high. I think the Jets are the play there. Do you say this, Brad? One and a half. Two? Yeah, it could move up to two. No, to who? To whom? One and a, the Jets to whom are plus is this one spread? and a half. Jets are plus one and a half, so you're getting a point. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, his name's Brett Maher to all you actual Cowboys fans out there that they've just disrespected. You know, he's that not a real son Cowboys of a fan. bitch. Just hit the fucking kick, dude. Hey, just hit it. It's do, 51 do you, yards. You're a professional. Be fucking you professional. Take, Put it through the post. You want to take Greg the leg back, baby? No, because that's some bitch. Yeah, he'd kick it 70 yards, but, you know, a kid in section yeah. C. Is catching that one in the noggin. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've got a off-the-wall bet of the week. Here's my lock for you. I'm taking Cincinnati, number 21 Cincinnati, at SMU, lines three and a half. I'm taking Cincinnati to cover. I don't think the Mustangs stand a chance here. I think this is one of those – they're a touchdown or more favorites here. Um, I like Luke Fickle. They've only lost, I want to say, one game, and it was to their season opener against Arkansas Razorbacks. Luke Fickle's a dude. That is a pretty decent team. SMU is not the truth yet. Um, I like three and a half there. Over-under is 59 and a half. Uh, I'm going to put some, some decent money on Cincinnati to be four points or more. That is an intriguing, intriguing number. Yeah, I like right. that. When is, is that kicking? That's on. It, it's 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. 
I like that. I like that too. Yeah, SMU has not. They I think they're they've got two losses this season. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. I have a lot of great ideas, and then I, you know, classically get shit on. Um, I'm still I am still banging it out in the mid-game bets, dude. Like I don't remember what I got. Might have been last night. I caught one like early first quarter. Oh yeah, I got I got the uh, Chargers at four and a half. I was like, okay, I'll take that. Sure. Is when they were down. It was they were down 10-0 in the first quarter. You know, it's like, okay, sure. They're definitely going to come back. Boom. Mid game bets, ladies and gents. It's where it is. I also took a mid game bet last night at the under. Once I saw what the first quarter scoring was looking like. Because it couldn't um, correct fast enough. Yep. Yeah. And so got it. The total, I think, started at 44. I got it at 42 and a half. And they ended up scoring less than 30 points. Love um, it. Um, right. Anything else standing out with you for the NFL? Um, really disappointing lineup this week in the NFL. I mean, what do, what do you think your game of the week is this week? Yeah, I agree. There's not much to chat about. Um, maybe a few games, but let's uh... – I mean, the, the, the game that everyone's going to talk about is going to be the Miami-Pittsburgh game. I mean, that's really all you got. It's your Sunday night game. So, uh, you got Tua that's supposed to be coming back and starting. Um, but, you know, you got the quarterback question in Pittsburgh. They got it done against uh, New England last week. Big win. Uh, Trubisky comes off the bench. Kenny Pickett goes back, you know, too much, too much there. I, I don't know. That's going to be another snooze fest of a game that you're just going to be bored by. I just double tapped the schedule. Like I'm looking at it right now. This is bad. This is real bad. Uh, I might, I might peak giants Jaguars. I think the Jaguars may be on the up. Um, Trevor Lawrence giants, is, but giants are five and one. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, as, as a good game. Like, oh, I think yeah. I think the Giants are looking good. Now, granted, they have not, like, crushed anybody's souls, but they've found a way to get it done. And I love me a big man coach. I'm all about it. I like watching them. But I think the Jaguars may be looking better than those expected. And Trevor Lawrence may be a dude after all. He just may have had a shitty coach in Urban Meyer. So, yeah. But, yeah, otherwise, I, I mean, I'm, nothing – entices me um nfl next week so all right well let's go ahead and close it out with there it's been a lot of fun uh as usual with the safety brief of the week and let's go back we've done this a couple times harped on them when life's serving you lemons don't be like tom brady and chop up some more lemons for you so tom brady comparing football season to a deployment in the military for two military guys. Eh, not a good look, Tom. Yeah, not sure how I feel about that or agree with you there, bud. Um, maybe you should throw some more bombs first and then we can chat. Yeah. Yeah, when, you know, I know a lot of things aren't going right for him, but that's certainly not helping out his case. Yep. All right, dude. Well... It has been fun, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Another week in the books, baby. All right. We'll see you. All right. Later, bro. Peace.